Welcome to the Trailer Park Podcast, episode seven. Yeah, seven. <laughs> but um, this week I have a guest, um, Flygon HG, aka Maddie, um, Nuzlocker. Um, that's like your main thing for the most part. Streamer now, like you've been streaming a lot more recently, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, I feel like you might be able to more eloquently explain what you do on the internet. Maybe, yeah. I mean, well, thanks for having me, man. Um, I do a lot of YouTube video content. That's my primary thing is I do, maybe, well, I'm sure we'll talk about it, what this hardcore Nuzlocke thing is, but I do challenge playthroughs of Pokemon games and create videos out of them predominantly. And uh, I also stream on Twitch a little bit now that I have some more free time. It's fun to kind of, engage with people on that platform it's a little easier to do than through toxic comment sections on youtube <laughs> <laughs> oh for sure yeah yeah youtube is a it's it's kind of a hellscape at times a little bit um, yeah i mean twitch is its own hellscape they're all hellscapes but you know yeah levels I, uh, of hellscapeness it, it's been very interesting trying to you know get into making content and getting into streaming and everything and seeing just how both platforms kind of react to either like if you get any amount of viewership on one or the other, how people or if you talk about certain topics or do certain things, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, it's I feel like with Pokemon, it's you wouldn't assume it would be maybe outside looking into the Pokemon community. It's like you wouldn't assume it'd be super like not toxic, but like hotheads and stuff but then if you are in the pokemon community in some way it's like you know people get so mad about it and get so yeah, people get really upset about opinions on subjective qualities of pokemon and stuff like that it's it's all fun but that's everywhere on the internet especially when most of them are children so <laughs> yeah fandoms are just a breeding ground for people to get angry yeah uh but so what I find very interesting and something I really want to talk to you about is that like you haven't been making content for very long. You've mm -hmm. been in it for about like not even two years at this point. Yep. Um, but like I I had watched your first video and I like went back and watched it again just to refresh myself kind of thing. And it's interesting to see because, you know, with a lot of people. I feel like it's more common nowadays, but, you know, previously, like you go back a few years, like most people, you go back and watch their first video and you see like a definite, definite like change in quality from like first video to last video. And I think you've definitely improved from first video to your newest video, but mm -hmm. you came out of the gate with a high quality like video product, essentially. Um, That's nice of you to say. <laughs> It, I, I go back and sometimes I watch those those uh, first couple of videos and especially because now they're crossing those milestones of like a million views. And I'm like, why are those the ones that everyone's seeing? Because they make me kind of wince because, you know, I, I mean, I, they, I, you're very nice to say that there's good audio quality and everything. But sometimes I hear it. And I'm like, oh, I sound so like way more monotone, um, which I mean, is kind of part of the charm anyways. But like just a little bit less inflection. I feel uncomfortable. My mind, but you know yeah well i mean everyone when they watch anything they've made i feel like, yeah. especially <laughs> if you go back like 
I, I'm so glad I've nuked like old attempts at making YouTube content of any kind. Like I have, I remember nuking like a, U, a Yu-Gi-Oh channel I had from like 2009. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm yeah. glad I got rid of that before I went into high school. But like <laughs> it's, yeah, it's definitely, it can be a very jarring thing, but it's, it got me looking also just into Nuzlocke, like hardcore Nuzlocke more specifically on YouTube. But because your your video came out about a week before, um, you know, like Jaden's yearly animation video. Um, mm, I like, didn't know that. Yeah. And I, and I didn't even know she, for the most part, for like the last three years, has released her pokemon nuzlocke like animation either on the same day or like in the same time frame um yours came out the week before and then it's like you can even look at google trends for stuff and like when she posts a video about nuzlocking the google yeah. trend like crashes the ceiling it's insanity yeah. um but it's also interesting to see that it's like after a lot of the times after she posts, it, like it'll go back down to about the same level. But this time it definitely stayed a little bit higher and then it increased more. And I and then as you look at other creators who got into Nuzlocking, um, like Chaotic Meatball and a few others, um, it's it definitely there was a bit of a like a content turn on like Pokemon creators. Uh, and like you were the first, like your, I don't know if you created that format essentially, or if like who, if you had any, like, um, if you took any like inspiration for that first video, who would you mm -hmm. say like was your main inspiration? Yeah. I mean, so when I was creating the videos, I, I didn't really do it. It was mainly just like a, a kind of creative release for me um in, in a way like i wasn't trying to catch on to anything or anything like that so i guess i just kind of got lucky with that um basically how it kind of came into conception is that uh in 2020 for a while i was watching um my dry bread and so i don't know if you know him he doesn't do nuzlocks but he does pokemon runs challenges whatever yeah right? i think i've seen um, a little bit of his stuff yeah it's usually single pokemon challenges sort of things and then um, I, at the time, was watching a lot of Pokemon Challenges stuff. The, uh, the he's the uh, one of the I think people that blew up during the pandemic, especially in early 2020. Like his channel really popped off, and he showed or I, I watched a lot of his stuff at the time and thought, wow, this is um, there's some really cool stuff here. And I had always been doing Nuzlocks for you know since. I read the the Nuzlocke comic that the whoever the guy is that came up with the first Nuzlocke rule set. Mm -hmm. um, I've been watching that and doing stuff on the side, but I figured um, what's missing here is I could kind of do similar videos to what my dry bread is doing, but do it in this hardcore Nuzlocke space or just this Nuzlocke space or whatever. And I thought, what's a fun way to kind of make it unique, make it a little my, my own? Um, mm -hmm. Let's introduce like some themes or whatever. So that's where the monologue stuff came from. So it was definitely, um, I, I want to shout out my dry breads video specifically because he actually did a series where he went in and shows how he does his videos. Oh, so a wow. lot of my format is based off of that. We do things 
differently in, in quite a few steps. And he writes his scripts like as he goes and there's all that stuff. But that's a, a, a really great resource because like if you go in and you have no idea what to do, that is a great place to at least get like some sort of clue. So that's what I did. And then from there, I just, you know, read articles and about how to use, I think I had Corel at the time because I didn't want to pay for Photoshop because oh, uh, yeah. it's stupid expensive. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> and so then I just sort of started to kind of like learn on the fly, I guess. I, I definitely need to watch that series because uh, I have like a follow up question essentially about um, I was going to talk about sort of like your process and everything. And it sounds like at least a bit of it came from him. Um, yeah, because, it certainly started from there for sure. Yeah. Because I like I finished my first like streamed uh, hardcore Nuzlocke semi recent, like a month or two months ago. And just mm -hmm. trying to take that and then put it into a video format is daunting especially because yeah. i streamed the whole thing uh mm. so i would i'm like going off of all stream recordings like i've kind of i i wish i would have just like added you on twitter or check somewhere like better before i try because i've even started like other things like with nuzlocking it's kind of it's uh, my brain is all about catching on to something and then just kind of uh min maxing it for no reason so mm -hmm. um like i'm doing a storm silver hardcore nuzlocke right now on my stream and it's uh and it's a massive undertaking i have now realized uh, yeah <laughs> those games are nuts yeah i'm on attempt like 19 or 20 or something it's ridiculous but um i've kind of started to get like at least some of the um process down like getting Instead of just letting my recording freaking go at all times i have like the obs mm -hmm. essentially like shadow play kind of the replay buffer and all that stuff which is really useful um mm -hmm. but i need to recollect myself for a second because i just lost my whole train of thought <laughs> <laughs> um but it is it's so when you mentioned um i was going to and one of my other questions just was, how long have you been doing nuzlocking, and when was the switch from nuzlocking to hardcore nuzlocking? Um, so I, like I said, I've I've like been aware of nuzlocking since that first comic. Um, and mm -hmm. and if you don't know what I'm talking about, they're hilarious comics. It's um, it's I think you can go to nuzlocke.com or something or yeah. you know maybe it's it's a different different thing now cuz he does some other comics and I think it might actually be dead now like I think the oh, guy kind of there. abandoned it it is well, the okay. website is at least yeah yeah I, yeah I don't think he's updating it anymore but um so really really talented guy made made kind of comics out of his thing that um you know it's it's always funny to talk to people who don't know what nuzlocking is like in my personal life and if they're like, what does nuzlocking mean? Like, what, where does that come from? To have to explain the origin of the nuzlocke is pretty silly because or you know what it is, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the, like, the, you know, it's a comic where, yeah, he explains like the few rules or whatever. I went through and then he just makes a story of it, right? Yeah. And he has a C dot and he kind of personifies all the characters as you do in a comic about Pokemon to make it more compelling. And his C dot is, um named after john locke from lost oh, and so he when he evolves into nuzleaf he is the first one that dies in the comic run spoiler alert and yeah. so 
somehow Nuzleaf Nuzloc became a thing because it was a Nuzleaf named after John Locke. It's, it's oh, really I didn't stupid. know that part for some reason. Like I looked at this yesterday because I got <laughs> I fell down a rabbit hole of like wow this the the history of like nuzlocking is a really interesting like con like subject that i don't think anyone's like made a video about before mm -hmm. um and like because you can i was looking i was just like i fell into the google trends about it a bit and um so i started looking up like you know nuzlocke playthroughs from like 2012 uh to see like who was like who started doing it on youtube who kind of popularized it on youtube and like kind of the path towards where it is now. Uh, but yeah, and I went through the comic a bit and it's like, it's, it is interesting to see his art grow. Cause like, yeah, he's, he's a yeah. full fledged artist, but those first few are just like stick drawings, even though he has yeah. some like detailed piece, like random faces in there. Like for the most part, it's pretty undetailed and some very choice words. Uh, yeah. Cause it is like 2010 or something. Yeah, yeah, those those first ones are it's funny to see how much more just in terms of the storytelling and the detail of the drawings and everything it comes from like now versus and when it first came out in 2010 yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah. Um but so like I guess we kind of got off on a side tangent but to answer your first question um so I I would always just kind of do nuzlocking and honestly for the first 5 years or whatever I'd do it on or off every you know I'd probably pick up a a my Game Boy Advance SP or whatever in college and just play um, or high school or whatever it is and just play a couple Nuzlocke runs. They just made the games more fun to me because mm -hmm. it gave me an excuse to go back and like revisit the games of my childhood. Um, hardcore Nuzlocking I didn't ever do until I started doing YouTube. And that was primarily because it seemed like a way to make what I thought had become a little bit easier now even harder. Um, so, you know, once you do a couple Nuzlocke's, you can, you can figure out the hacks, like, yeah. you know, using X items. And so, so you have to set up more restrictions for yourself. And I think that like the next thing above hardcore is like now people are doing hardcore pluses where they don't let it, you know, you don't, you can't use setup moves and stuff like that. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, so the fire red one was just your first hardcore run. Yeah, I want to say so. Um, maybe I did one just for fun, you know, and didn't record it. I think yeah. I did do a a black and white one because I hadn't played through black and white in a long time. Mm. And I think that was hardcore, um, if I remember. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I mean, it's, yeah, it's all made up anyways. So. Yeah, it's all it's all it's a Pokemon. No need to be technical about it. Yeah, because yeah. like my other kind of question attached to that was because I ended up doing Fire Red first for mine because Peach House specifically, like he has a whole video talking about how Fire Red, Fire Red, Leaf Green are like the one of the best games for like an introductory, like into the format sort mm -hmm. of thing. And I would agree because they're like not too, too easy, not too, too hard. It's like if you're a, I feel like if you're someone who's played Pokemon games your whole life, it's probably a little easy. But if you're someone mm -hmm. who's like just, you know, you play Pokemon games but have never, even looked at competitive or looked at anything like that it's like um it would be a decent enough challenge mm -hmm. yeah um speaking of like competitive have you like i did see your stream recently you were doing like that smash brothers x uh pokemon yeah uh, tournament thing 
have you done competitive Pokemon other than that? Not really. Um, there was a Nuzlocke tournament or a Nuzlocker VGC tournament that I was in in like I think last October or something, and I I laddered quite a bit. I don't do it too much anymore because I I tend to get really obsessed with something when I get into it. So like I I, I usually cut myself off cold turkey from from VGC because if I do, I just sit there on on cartridge and play in Sword and Shield for hours on end, and it's really really bad. But um, so so before I was doing the nuzlocking stuff, and that was my primary thing, I was kind of just casually doing it for fun. But I've never been to tournaments or anything. That's not true. I went to one tournament when I was in like, I want to say sixth grade. I went with me and a couple of my friends, and I was the only one of us to get to the second round. Um, so everybody else had to wait for me to do my second game got demolished in the second round the only reason i won the first round is because i had a lapras with sheer cold um so <laughs> it <laughs> was cheese the hell out of your first yeah round. I, I mean i was a kid i didn't yeah, know what i was doing I, it was in look, emerald days where it wasn't even oh wi-fi or anything gosh, yeah um but yeah that so that's my vgc experience <laughs> but it's something that i would like to get more into it's just <laughs> like with limited time in the day oh. um eventually it does become a sort of like if i'm not i'm not working on a video and i'm doing this like how much is that worth my time and there's a little bit of like well if i want to do it i'll do it and so that's why i do the tournaments and stuff like that mm -hmm. when it's fun to collaborate with people it's like you kind of get the tournaments are like you know you get to work and it's work but like play with people who are very good at the game and everything and they can give yeah. you good information so it's like you can use those situations to progress quicker than if you're just grinding you know sword and shield ladder or whatever ladder um, yeah and i mean i my i have a, a background in like playing smash bros games competitively so it's like mm -hmm. it's something i've put on the back burner for a while now because i um just school work all all the life things but it's it really like it does come to a point where it's like yeah if it's like it just takes too much time if you actually want to be good at it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think, um, you know, it's just not quite my skill set either as I, I tend to overthink things and I'm not amazing at it. Some people say I'm good at it, but I think it's mainly just one of my good friends is just very nice and it's like, yeah, you're good at it. But, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you gotta have somebody um, to gas you up, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I do watch a lot of VGC and I loved watching the, um, like the, the championships players cups. Um, I watch Aaron Cybertron Zhang's channel yep. almost daily. Um, James Bake, uh, Joe UX nine. So like, it's a really cool sector to be in and it's really cool to see like kind of the masters at work. So it's something I'm very admirable of in spite of not necessarily being able to do it myself. Mm -hmm. I've, I've definitely gotten a bit more like I, remember i got really into pokemon challenges over covid uh and then but i kind of hit this weird wall of like watching almost all of his like easily digestible content uh during like probably 2020 20 like early 2021 maybe and then i feel like just a few months ago um the youtube algorithm really started pushing like the hardcore Nuzlocke sort of videos. And it didn't help that I was also looking up like information about stuff because I was doing my own runs and everything. <laughs> but, um, and then that's now pushed like competitive videos into my feed and everything. So mm -hmm. I've been watching like Woofy and everything. 
Uh, and it, it really is interesting to see how these people think when they're playing the game and how much like even some players in these like because like Smash Bros is a is a children's party game, but like Pokemon's a children's game. And like Wolfie will talk about just like staring someone down while he's playing uh, in a VGC tournament. And I'm like, that's I love that shit, <laughs> like just the mind <laughs> game kind of stuff. Even yeah. if it's it it you know it might not phase a person. It's just interesting to hear like the little detailed stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, I so when it comes to, I know we talked about your process of like making videos at least a little bit, but could you give me kind of even if it's a little short and bare bones, like a you like in your head you are like I am going to do this video, like this concept of mm-hmm. a video. Uh, you have. And you start the process of like getting it ready to record or start the mm-hmm. run. Um, can you give me just the brief like there to like posting it? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think one of the things that is under appreciated in the, the uh, like just the process in general is like trying to pick which run to do. Um, and a lot of it is it has to be a run that seems interesting to me but it also has to be one that is feasible. So there is a lot of like, okay, well, let's, somebody suggested this run. Oh, well, let me think about it. Is that feasible? Um, Or more specifically, is that feasible without relying on double team and hoping to get lucky a bunch? Because I don't really want to reset the game 18 times simply because, like, that's not skill, that's Mm -hmm. just luck. So I'm really uninterested in runs that are like, Technically, they're possible if you're lucky. Like I, I like the runs that are like you have to do something, you have to be creative to solve the problem, right? So, so once I come up with a run, um, I will almost exclusively play the game and do nothing else until I finish the game. I usually don't write any script. Um, I usually come up with the nickname theme and stuff beforehand, obviously. And I, mm-hmm. if I know what the encounters are going to be in this specific run, I will. Um, kind of assign nicknames usually mm-hmm. um, just to make it like a little more thematic. But and and I'll kind of make note of like, oh, well, maybe I can see an arc here or like I can see this point being interesting or I can make a joke here or whatever. So like I'll, I'll take mental notes and stuff, but I usually don't do any editing or script writing until I finish the run. Once I finish the run, I usually take um, usually takes a whole day now. Um, where I just go back and watch the footage that I recorded um, and write the script from start to finish. Um, And then from there, I will usually not do anything for the rest of the day for that video. Um, I'll let it sit for a second. I will go back and reread the script, polish it up, add more jokes, add more interesting stuff if if I can. Uh, Then I'll do a day of editing the audio, so recording the audio kind of like we are now, and then just going and editing it in Audacity. Um, and then I'll go, so it's, it's very linear, right? Then I'll just go to the, um, premiere Adobe premiere and go in and align up all the, uh, video footage, which is probably the most intensive part is meticulously editing it all together Uh, and then putting overlays and music and publishing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I definitely, I think I watched, it was either, um, it was one of your X and Y, like one of the first uh, um, oh, stream compilation like videos you did. Um, and I remember that's where I like 
I, I knew it was a thing, but for some reason I did not think of doing it, of having, because you use Streamlabs and then OBS. Yeah. Yeah. So when I stream a challenge, it's actually a little bit harder. Um, when I'm doing it just offline, I will almost always only record when I think something important is happening. Sometimes right. that bites me in the ass and I kind of have to like adapt and either try and recreate what happened mm-hmm. um, to the best of my ability or just like narrate it and be like, I don't have the footage. Um, so it's kind of a, and, and uh, I've, I'm just really lazy with setting up the the shadow play and stuff. So like that, that's a solution. Yeah. I just don't have. Well, the I was going to say the lazy. OBS, the OBS stuff is like really nice because it's, you just keep it all within OBS. Um, uh, okay. But yeah. And yeah, it's, so it's very, I definitely agree that the final part of just like adjusting clips, because you have to speed up so much as mm-hmm. well. And it's like you don't speed up everything the same, so it's not like you have to you have to do you have to go through every single clip, and yeah. it's like especially if it's a multi attempt run, you just have to yeah. choose like I, I yeah you have to be very selective right or else you're gonna make a two hour video and nobody's gonna watch that. Well, some people will, but yeah, it's like unless you like make unless you're very entertaining and you can make this whole arc of like you know you're downtrodden and suddenly like you figure it out or whatever <laughs> no one's gonna watch it, but, uh it, yeah it's it's a the process is way i feel like people see the rate that some of these content creators get these videos out and they might be like this must be such a simple and easy process whatever it may be it's like it's like if first getting into it it's like so hard it's like it takes so much to like get to a point where it's like I feel mm-hmm. like I could streamline this where I could uh even with other responsibilities like feasibly put out a video consistent. Yeah. It's something I'm very much interested in trying to do myself more often, but for a while I was like how the hell would I ever like <laughs> go from start to finish in any like discernible way and like do it within, you know, a week or two weeks or whatever it may be. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. And now that I do it full time, it's certainly easier. But even then, like sometimes I have to get something to a um a, a sponsor or a, a brand mm-hmm. or whatever a couple of days before release. So it's like it's more time crunch than normal. Um, but I mean, I think that like, well, there, there's a couple of things, right? Like my specific type of content is particularly heavy on the editing because you do the voiceover and you have to mess with the, the the clips and everything. And I particularly am super, super particular, probably to a fault with my editing, where like, especially in the later games, I don't like um, just blanket speeding up through things because there's like a lot of um, just very temporary things that if you speed it up really quickly, it looks very jarring, in my opinion, to a viewer as you're watching it. So I go in and I will sometimes clip very specific frames out of the thing so i'll sit there and hit over and and cut out the me selecting the move or me pausing for a second before selecting the move because i don't want the camera on the top to to move around as it does in sun and moon and stuff those games are super annoying to edit oh yeah my Um, god i keep yeah so i try and keep it as still as possible so that when it's when it's fast and we're cutting around it's fluid instead of like Mm. doing this Right. So so that takes a long time. But I think if you are a variety streamer, if you're predominantly a streamer and you're just cutting down your streams, 
that is actually relatively low effort. The thing that you're doing the most with your content is you're doing the um you're, you're doing the stream. So like, and then you can pretty easily outsource that stuff. Um, I I've tried to outsource my like main channel videos, and it just doesn't work because I'm a little too particular about my editing. So it just ends up yeah. being more work for everybody involved and not worth it. But for example, I've got my highlights channel that just cuts down my streams and my editor is phenomenal at that. And he just does it. And that's like no skin off my back. Yeah. It's super nice. So I, and, I think it depends on your content, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, I was going to say your editor for your stream clips channel is amazing. And the, yeah, I, he's awesome. It's, I love the small detail even that he does like with those videos and everything. Uh, yeah. It's very, it's very interesting just the whole process is very crazy and like when it comes to being particular i it's a thing i feel like it's a it hurts a lot of content creators at the beginning especially because you can be you're everyone's particular i think to a fault but some people mm -hmm. can push past it enough or they actually they won't let it keep them from working where mm -hmm. i feel like yeah. for a lot of people they let it just completely like sideline them uh they'll stop working on projects because they're like i just can't do it and stuff like yeah I mean, it's a problem i have terribly where i'm i like make a video i one of the videos i have on my channel has like 14 views and i remember there's a specific thing in there i took like two hours to green screen clip yeah. something out <laughs> or something and i was just like then there's a my low probably my lowest effort video on my channel has the most views like yeah by like four it's, times or something it's tough i mean you know that's the the frustrating thing about the youtube algorithm and content creation is that like quality or the amount of effort that you put in it almost never is directly proportional to viewership and, and stuff like that so it's mm -hmm. important i think especially when starting off to not be obsessed with numbers and to do it because you want to do it right oh yeah. um, unsolicited advice here i guess is that like you you need to be making stuff that you're proud of and stuff that you enjoy making and i think honestly stuff that you would watch yourself mm -hmm. um instead of trying to like chase a trend or something yeah. you know um because ultimately there's just like this huge factor of luck in getting picked up by the youtube algorithm like i had no idea Jaden was going to release a video that, that makes a lot of sense to me i didn't really realize that but that makes a lot of sense why i just kind of like struck at the right time i was in the right place and my content is semi-decent enough that people picked up on it right mm -hmm. but there's a lot of other people that are doing if not the exact same thing as me something of similar quality and not getting picked up simply because they didn't get lucky you know um yeah. but ultimately like i think i would still be doing this maybe not in the same frequency and magnitude because i would need another job mm -hmm. but i would still be doing this even if nobody was watching because i love playing the games and i think that's the really important thing yeah. And it's something that I have gone through that kind of thought process of like, it, I think there's a, you know, I feel like I've watched a ton of videos just talking about, you know, the process, blah, blah, blah. It's like, cause mm -hmm. it's helpful to have people who have gone through this sort of thing, just help you through your kind of inner monologue and break it sort of deal. And I, you know, I definitely have the mindset of, I want to make content and, there are trends that I see where it's like, I like the content in it. I could see myself making something similar, but I definitely don't want to just make cookie cutter, same kind of thing. It's like, you right. have to, 
you can do trends, just do them, make sure it's unique enough that, you know, it's not just the same thing as like every other person on YouTube. Cause there are those people who, and a lot of them, there are a lot that do well on YouTube by being just trend jumpers, but mm -hmm. yeah, it's like, and you know, more power to them, whatever the hell, uh, but just do what you enjoy, like you said. It's it. Bottom line is like if you're having a good time, it's like who cares what other people think, and who cares right. if anyone's really watching. It's like just yeah. make something you're proud of. And I mean, honestly, that is so much easier to say than to like oh, yeah. <laughs> to to embody, right? I mean, even yeah, even I felt very grandstanding for a moment. <laughs> no, but I mean, like it's it's a good point, but it's also, I guess, like for anybody who's listening and being like uh like i too struggle with all of that right like there is when when one of my videos doesn't do as well as the one before i'm like Sh shit what did i do wrong <laughs> but or oh man i need to you know i i after the 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 sort of what really got me famous or popular or whatever is the monotype locks right and mm -hmm. so uh, but i didn't want to only do monotype locks i wanted to do different types of Nuzlocke's, I wanted to do different types of content. And a huge part of me was like, is this spreading myself too thin? And I, like, I was so terrified that um, like I was going to lose subscribers or relevance or whatever if I didn't just stay in my lane and do the monotypes for the next three or four months, which is what a lot of people did. Like a lot of people were like, oh, monotypes, I can do that. And then they did that and that's all they did, which fine. Yeah. But I, I didn't want to do that. Um, and but I was like so worried about it until I had conversations with my girlfriend and, and people that I trusted and stuff that it's like, what is they sort of asked me and helped me helped me be retrospective and reflective of like, what am I doing this for? Am I doing this to be YouTube famous, YouTube popular? No, I'm doing this because I love doing making these videos and I love playing Pokemon. So like, is my goal to get the most views not really i would love to have views but i want to do what makes me happy right and the second that it stops making me happy i stop mm -hmm. um so it's just i i think that's really important to remember even if it's really really hard to remember yeah. you know yeah it's <laughs> it's a very hard thing to internalize and like fully follow for some people and you know and everyone will kind of fall they'll they're thinking they're thinking that way and then like they just you know lose track of thought yeah. lose their focus and suddenly they're you know just completely off off tilter or kilter or whatever yeah. the word is uh, and <laughs> so something i forgot to mention but it's just like a funny tidbit was uh because back at the question about like uh switching over to hardcore nuzlocke i was gonna i had a note in here so in your first video you you make a joke with your uh rotata uh that anyone can cook rotata and the way that you like um vocalize like the sentence around it like i very much thought it was one of your segues like into like a sponsored ad <laughs> or something that would be I, a good sponsor segue to like a, a hello uh, fresh ad hello fresh yeah, yeah i i have i want ad. a hello fresh ad i want to get hello fresh for free come on <laughs> what, what are you doing hello fresh yeah, because you yeah you just said like anyone like anyone can cook it. I'm like, is he gonna try to sell me something? And I'm like, no, this is his first video. Of course not. But, uh, and it's, but yeah, staying like 
in this good mindset of creating content is like kind of that's where I feel like Twitch is almost a better platform for creators, at least when it comes to mental state, because Twitch viewers are in a way, I think, more consistent than YouTube views. Uh, it's like you can be very consistent on YouTube and it's like as long as you kind of stay in your lane in a way, you will consistently get views. But the algorithm can be so bad sometimes that it's like it can be a pretty harsh like hill to fall down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I will say, and maybe I'm biased, but I will say that like if you look at my Twitch viewership and you look at my YouTube viewership, one of them is magnitudes larger than the other. And I will say that it's YouTube that is magnitudes. So um, I I find that, and even even um myself using twitch like when i i don't watch too many live streams now because i just don't have the time but mm -hmm. i i did for a while um it was very it's very hard to get discovered on twitch i think you're right that oh, once yeah. you have a viewer and they're hooked you can kind of do whatever you want and they are there for the personality right and um they get the notification when you're live and it's like they're they're subscribed to you whereas youtube might be very fleety and sort of oh, like, yeah. oh, well, if the YouTube algorithm recommends another one of these, then maybe I'll do it, but I might forget about this person tomorrow. So so I get that, but I do think that YouTube in general is a much better platform for discoverability, even oh, if that discoverability yeah. is uh, ephemeral, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, it's just so much easier to put something out there and then people might watch it. You know, it doesn't mean they will, but it's different than... Oh, you need you need to be streaming at least four times a week, and we're gonna take seventy percent of the tiny profit that you get once you become Twitch partner. Before that, you don't get shit. And well, actually, is that true? I, I think it, it is actually. The, no, it and, is true. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, funny. it's like yeah. So I'm I'm not a huge Twitch fan. I only do it because I like interacting with my audience a little bit because that's easier to do on Twitch than YouTube for sure. Oh yeah, it's. I mean. 100% Twitch is a terrible that that platform was never built for people to be found. It is mm -hmm. like if we're talking like even like SEO or anything like that, terrible. I yeah. could, it's there's so many different like articles and other things that just explain you, if you go to anything it's like how to grow on Twitch, it's essentially like go somewhere else and then come back. Like, yeah, it, <laughs> which is what I did. Yeah, it's like, like I I streamed on Twitch for a little bit and was streaming for like one or two people, but it's also because I wasn't, I didn't have the time to do it consistently, which is what you really need for Twitch. Not only do you need to have like some built in audience from somewhere else, but you also need consistency, which yeah. is really fucking hard to do when you're not getting paid for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, and yeah, if you have any kind of other, um, you know, things in life taking your time, it's like, Wow, this thing where I might talk to someone tonight in my Twitch chat. Uh, <laughs> it's like, yeah. or you might, or you might be trapped in a in a in a chat with someone who's not exactly the nicest or very. I've had just some yeah. really weird interactions on Twitch. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of children. Yeah, and a lot of children, some weird adults. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> I don't know which one's worse. Yeah, it's it's so odd, but yeah, you I I'm also I'm a big fan of 
YouTube content in general, like over Twitch. I like streaming. Mm. I do like the I like streaming. I think you can make some really cool content in like the streaming sort of landscape. But like YouTube making a video, I think, is going to always trump a stream, in my opinion, like by far. Mm. Yeah. Uh, And but making a is so much easier to hit go live than to try to take my thoughts and properly formulate that into a well-edited video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But I mean, I think also being on Twitch is very difficult just in you know, it's not for everyone. I think even like like even my personality, I'm very subdued in my videos. I I I think a lot of people like the calm level that I bring to it. I'm not one of those pokey tubers that screams everything. And and that obviously works for many people and a lot of people really like that. But I think that is more like Twitch is a show. You're oh, you're yeah. I, I think a lot of it is like you're you're you you're put putting on, your on a show. Voice and yeah. Right. Right. That's how I mean and again if if you just want to have a good time with a couple friends or like, you know, 10, 15 people, then you can do whatever you want. But I think if you're if your goal is to get thousands of viewers and stuff a lot of that is from over-the-top personalities and not a lot of people can do that i certainly can't yeah um so that's that's another thing that i think is like tough about twitch yeah it it is like a very it's i feel like you or you can be incredibly attractive but i'm also (laughs) not that (laughs) yeah very very much agree with all of those points uh (laughs) twitch is a very interesting like these platforms are they allow you know different people to thrive i think because i'm a very um i'm a very sort of introverted person i feel like i can definitely um sort of break myself of that for twitch at times and like kind of be a little bit more push myself out and like kind of over the top if i like really i feel up to it as long as like you know i haven't been destroyed by society that day or something uh it's just like but youtube it's like i can i get to plan it out so i can like when i have a good day or or a good time of feeling like i can properly record what i need to for a video and i know it's the right energy even though i feel like Mm -hmm. i'm still having problems doing that properly because but something i do enjoy about your videos is and like because you said like you're not over the top you just kind of are yourself essentially that is something i very much enjoy about your content you're not putting on this weird voice or making like very obvious like over or like weird jokes i like i feel like the i feel like some of some content creators in the space definitely look at their analytics and can tell you know there's a lot of kids in the pokemon like viewership space and they can tell they like these kind of weird very on the nose jokes and i'm just like man i'm 25 i don't care (laughs) i don't need it's like i mean more power to him it's like the rest of the video might be very good and i might like it but that one like some of some of the creators i've seen before it's just like one or two of those and then i'm just out of the video and i'm like yeah it's just too much yeah and i mean that's that's the nice thing about the pokemon community is that because there are so many people in the space mm-hmm. and because there's such a large age group that fall into that 
Pokemon YouTube thing is that there can be room for so many different types of people. So you can have people that are more specific to children's content. You can have people that are much more mature. Um, And then you can, you know, I, I don't know exactly where I fall in that, but I like to think that I try to cast a wide net that's like inclusive, but doesn't like talk down to the audience, but also doesn't, you know, alienate. So like, I, it's, it's interesting to like, hear you know personal preference right and it doesn't mean that somebody is doing it better or worse or anything like that it's no, just that, yeah. that's what it is is personal preference and it's nice that there's so many options right because youtube is such a large space exactly there's a lot of people in the world too so yeah. you know if you're only appealing to kids there's like a billion kids out there so good job <laughs> yeah it's like you get that good google adsense um yeah <laughs> but and then another like what i i think something that also makes a lot of your videos stand out from just specifically even the nuzlocking space but also just like a general sort of um maybe even like gameplay spaces you are you know you do the monotype challenges obviously but it's like you also do the theme challenges around like holidays and everything and you also like if you see a just like a theme kind of building you will kind of you know do the whole full send create like this uh <laughs> like some i your christmas video this past year i believe it was this yeah it had to have been this past year because you've only yep. had one christmas video i love that that was great thank you <laughs> and then like um just some of the like concepts you've brought up i think are really great and it's like it's i like seeing good ideas like that because it makes me think and makes me want to you know, if I were to like be able to create more than a few videos sort of in this space, because my brain likes to be very fleeting, uh, even though I feel like I very much like hardcore Nuzlocke and I've always I've been a fan of Pokemon since like I I mean, I could probably play Pokemon before I could fully read like it's very much um, <laughs> I think that thought came to mind because I think I read something like on one of your social media bios that's something oh no it's on your twitch i think like, yeah i say like <laughs> before i can read but now i can read and play pokemon yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um it's uh so i just like seeing those big thematic things play out in a you know just a pokemon video like i yeah. i'm also a big fan of just um you know video essays and everything and it gives not like I know they're for the most part played for like gags and jokes, but it gives like hints of that. Like it's just, you know, that extra thought, that extra care mm-hmm. sort of deal. Yeah. I mean, um, first off, that's very nice of you to say. I really appreciate that. Um, <laughs> I, I think, uh, you know, like I've, I've had people comment um, like on some, you know, sometimes when a Pokemon dies, I make like this big <laughs> display of tragedy about it and I make it into a thing. And you know, sometimes I say some sappy shit that is kind of meant as a joke, like, you know, love love the ones that when you have them near you because you never know when they'll be gone. And it's like, <laughs> it's funny because it's it's a fucking little Pokemon, so who cares? Yeah. But I've had people like reach out and be like, you know, uh, this choked me up because I, um, you know, just lost a friend and uh, this reminded me of him and and you're so right. And I I think that not to sound too grandiose and I fully acknowledge that I'm just making little Pokemon videos, but like what I I try to do with my videos is make them 
just ever so slightly more than just this is what I did in the game because I want that. Like, I think that now that I have a platform, I want to be able to positively affect my audience, whether that's with um, inclusion in even subtle ways or um, whether that is like trying to get ideas of grief or whatever across, even if it's in silly jokes, I think like making that more accessible and putting that kind of into this like children's game content is something that I feel is important to like kind of distinguish my content from just a let's play or something. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that. that. That means a lot to me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. I, and that is, I very much appreciate your kind of your, I'd assume it's going to sound weird, like worldview, like your the way that you do approach your videos. Like I, I like inclusiveness and everything. Cause I think it's Pokemon at times can be very like, um, clicky or very, you know, people are like, you gotta like exclusive people can be very within their groups about things and it's like it, we're playing mm -hmm. a, a fucking kids game like just play the game have fun be good to people kind of deal um yeah yeah i mean we started this conversation of saying that fandom is toxic and it's totally true and i think especially online it's it's a very male space it's a very white space and mm -hmm. so there's only so much that i can do as a white male but like i I really do try to be conscious about trying to be in inclusive. So even, even, even small stuff, like I try on Twitch to not just say, let's do it guys. I try to say guys and girls, even though a majority I'm sure of my viewership is male. So it's just like those little things I think are important because this space is so just inherently toxic and it doesn't have to be, you know? Um, oh, and yeah. I think it's important for us as content creators to like, understand our complicity and our role in it and try and combat that you know mm -hmm. it, it's just making a you're making a space and a like pushing for the platform that you're on to be as like open and free to whoever wants to you know absorb or watch content on it or uh be a part of the conversation just yeah. all those kinds of things yeah, and, and even in things that aren't that serious, like um, I try to really try really hard to not gatekeep nuzlocking or oh, gatekeep yeah. how to play nuzlocking. A lot of people are always like, how do you do, or like, what do you, would you do here, blah, blah, blah. And every single time I'm like, well, this is what I would do. This is how I would personally interpret this, but that's not correct. That's not like not a correct thing. That's my personal interpretation. It's a made up rule set do it until you don't want to do it right it's not there's it's not real it's all fictional and anybody that tells you that this is a technically technically the nuzlocke doesn't start until you've got pokeballs no technically you can do whatever the fuck you want because you just made up that rule yourself like <laughs> sorry so sometimes this gets me a little heated because i really hate comments that are like you did this wrong and it's like no i didn't this oh is my, my playthrough gosh, yeah and I can imagine, you know, I'm confident in enough. I'm confident enough in my platform and my, um, like, I'm confident in my ability to nuzlocke that I don't care if somebody, or I'm not offended if somebody is like, you're not doing an actual nuzlocke. But I think it's really dangerous for people who are just getting into it or just trying to do a nuzlocke and they feel intimidated because they're like, well, I don't want to be, I don't want to seem invalidated if I'm doing a nuzlocke wrong. Because I think that, this space is so special to me and it gives me so much joy that I want other people to feel 
like they can experience it in any way that they want even if that is like oh my starter died after the sixth gym just do it again you're still doing a nuzlocke like this the conceit is still there like you're just you're just making it harder for yourself but you're not trying to take away the fun and don't let people bully you into doing something that you don't want to do you know yeah um a little bit of a rant i apologize but it's just something i'm very very particular about yeah i i completely agree people get all up in their own like heads about stuff they want Mm -hmm. they want it to be this exact thing so badly or like they're they're just gatekeepers like you like we were Mm -hmm. talking about they just want so badly to have their own thing uh, if you don't do it correctly, uh, you're not actually doing the thing. Um, yeah, they want a sense of superiority, right? Yeah. Um, or that, like, if anybody can do a nuzlocke, then it's not that cool that you did a nuzlocke. And it's like, no, if anybody can do it, then they then that's good. Yeah, that's good like, because it's a fun people. way to experience the game. Yeah, there's more people, more more, more AdSense. having fun. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> more green, you know? No. Yeah, uh, that's all it is. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah anyone ever has only played pokemon for money yes yeah, exactly but it's 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 such a it's such a weird thing that we can have such a detailed conversation about playing a um minute like very uh person to person but specific rule set about pokemon games but it's like it's you know fandoms fandoms and i mean it's the biggest fandom in the world but it's like any kind of thing people like can easily become this sort of um it can be made into a the internet makes it so any anything can be um this space where people can you know interact talk about whatever it may be and making these spaces more inclusive and everything is important and just working to keep people from gatekeeping is also important yeah and i mean i think there's a lot of you know it's it's not justifiable but i i imagine that a lot of people feel this like protection over certain things like video games like comic books and stuff where you know i i was i was afraid to tell people that i liked pokemon in middle school because i knew that that would make me seem like a nerd so like it's it's weird to suddenly try to reconcile that fact with like being accepting of other people when they now want to be part of it but like it's just such a backwards ass way of thinking and when you just stop and think and ultimately it's just like what you said like just be nice to people it's free to be nice um treat other people the way it's like the golden what is that the the golden golden rule yeah 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 Uh, treat other people the way you want to be treated so it's like not hard it's just like there's all of this social baggage and crap about it that like we just need to get rid of. And it's it's so inherent into video games and nerd culture and all of this oh, crap yeah. that it's just like just let it let it die. Kill the past if you have to. Whatever. Yeah. Star Wars quote. Yeah. Just it's really good to and by doing it this way, it's like because a lot of these communities kind of get their gatekeepers and kind of toxic it gets toxic because people feel this kind of fear of tell like essentially wearing their heart on their sleeve kind of deal. Mm-hmm. It's like, they don't want to talk about their hobbies in public or even like semi public. They'll only do it in the back corners of the internet or whatever. And then you meet, you know, some 
random guy who's speaking some crazy shit in a forum and then suddenly you're thinking some weird ways i love online yeah. radicalization uh but <laughs> it yeah in the end like the internet is a crazy place where you know you can just you can find and interact with anyone who has an interest that you're interested in and it's leading to this kind of world where i think it, it's a very polarizing thing because it's like people yell and scream about like cancel culture stuff and everything but in reality it's just like a lot of it's like these very private communities are now not as private especially because a lot of them want to make them more public but then you know they don't want to cut away the what they what they may know is bad or but they know their base loves and stuff and Oh, that's yeah. it. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're in sketchy area, I guess. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I mean, my it's an interesting conversation. Yeah, uh, but it's I I had probably just one more question, even though I we had a really good just like follow through on a lot of that kind of conversation because um, you started uh, Renegade Platinum recently. Uh, mm -hmm. is that your first like rom hack that you've played or is it the first one you've hard i'm assuming it's the first one you've hardcore nuzlocked yeah it's the first one i've hardcore nuzlocked i've done a little bit of or i did an, a little bit of emerald kaizo not as a hardcore nuzlocke um i did it as just a regular nuzlocke and i still wiped it like the magma hideout or something but um feel like that space has been explored plenty and I don't really have an interest in doing it, but I, I adore Renegade Platinum. I think Griano is a genius mm -hmm. with his ROM hacks and he's like the interactions we've had. He's like nicest guy ever too. It's so I, I love that thing. I'm excited to do Storm Silver, uh, probably Volt White. I might wait for Storm Silver to do the uh, like he's doing an update yeah. to it or whatever. Yeah, but, he is. I uh, yeah, so it's I, all so cool. It's it is really I kind of wish I would have. Well, I like started it and then I think he announced the update or I just didn't even know that it, an update was coming. Uh, but because mm -hmm. sometimes I see changes that are in Renegade Platinum and then I think they're in like Storm Sur Silver in Sacred Gold and then they're not. And I'm like, oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> I, I've definitely I think I wiped once because I thought something had one thing and it didn't or it was one typing. And I was just like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Uh, <laughs> But it's, yeah, sacred. It's some of the segments, like, um, you know, he changes up how some of them run, and like he has some like completely new things, and it's it's really it's a really crazy game. And I I ended up I was driving myself crazy with like EV training, um, and so I ended up going to Drax's Discord and getting he has like an EV list mod, so I couldn't like just cut off the option from myself oh yeah <laughs> uh which helped it like i got my furthest run like two attempts in after doing that because i just stopped overthinking it even though technically the pokemon are worse yeah uh, but so with renegade platinum um oh gosh where was oh where like do you think um comparing that game to like the main series games um what's like the most standout 
difference you would say other than like the difficulty obviously like it's very like with the increased gym leaders pokemon and everything Mm -hmm. yeah one of my i think the my favorite thing about the game is that dre has smartly and for the most part um reasonably made almost every single pokemon viable um i think there are so many pokemon that i think are really cool that i would love using and kind of one of the reasons why i got into nuzlocking was to kind of force me into using those pokemon but they're just so bad there's so many specifically gen 3 and gen 2 pokemon that are just lousy just terrible terrible pokemon and yeah the game is pretty easy so you can kind of get away with using them if you really want to but like the it, they don't feel special right whereas i think that Dreano found this way to make all the pokemon feel special and feel like oh if i wanted to use a beedrill thing's got monstrous attack it's got drill run now hell yeah sign me up that's cool so it's like the way that he kind of gave all of the pokemon a new reason to exist i think is really cool um there's a lot of stuff in there that's like um that's also really cool that's like you know changes to typings and stuff like that and and mm-hmm. things like that that are really cool that's i think a little more um this isn't meant as an insult but like a little more um fan gamey i think yeah but like what what feels really authentic is how these pokemon have been buffed and I, there's not really a reason that nintendo couldn't do that because there's been a power creep throughout the series and everything like that and mm-hmm. like I, I i think it does make sense from a game design perspective to have pokemon that are worse than other pokemon and have like you know the early game pokemon not be as good so it encourages the trainers to learn about the other pokemon and replace pokemon and stuff like Mm -hmm. that but as somebody coming from it as like i want to love all these pokemon and have as many options as possible i think that's the coolest part of renegade platinum for sure and just the like how many pokemon you can get right off the bat all the gifted pokemon at the beginning all the starters all that stuff is really cool yeah and uh like i the talking about like viability is an interesting thing because um, I the the main Smash game I played was Melee competitively, and like there is like ten characters that are viable out of like twenty six, um, and there's always this conversation, and there's like mods of the game that make more of them viable, and there's this kind of conversation. It's like, would the game have been as popular as it is like competitively if more characters were viable? And a lot of people kind of move towards the answer no, because it's like while more it's like this weird balance of like you have more. um, Yeah, there's more options, but like because the you can't uh, focus on any one. Yeah, right. The viability like curve essentially allows it so that the meta with those better characters like explodes or at least progresses much quicker. The game progresses quicker. like um pokemon i guess doesn't really have that to the same extent because it's not a fighting game but it's a it's like a at least a touching point of the two games in a way Um, yeah well i mean in like vgc right um there's a lot of people are like oh you know every every team that won or that top cut at this tournament has the same 12 pokemon and it's like i get that i think i you know there's that 
there's like a, a a desire to have your favorite Pokemon on the team that you use competitively, or like a desire to succeed with your favorite Pokemon. Uh, you know, like Flygon's terrible in most formats, so it kind of bums me out. But um, you know, I think I think it's easier and more accessible to get into a VGC format where you need to learn 20 Pokemon instead of learning 800, right? Yeah, like exactly. it's just it's the yeah, it's, so it makes sense. The the newer like Smash game Ultimate, which has like a hundred plus characters, and it's like way more viable, and it's like it's yeah. daunting to even like touch the game sometimes, and uh, it 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 is this just like that was a really good way of putting it, essentially. Like it's a, <laughs> you can just apply that to Smash characters, and it's like the same. It would make sense. Yeah. Uh, but and then that same kind of the fan gamey comment remind me of when you played through uh uh peach Hell's trash lock and you mm-hmm. were talking a little bit about how you really liked that because instead of like doing all this crazy stuff to make emerald harder by changing trainers and pokemon and all this stuff it just like just straight up changed encounters and like uh item uh availability and stuff like that and I am very interested. I'm going to play through that at some point, but I I think it gives a good idea of like how you view the games and how you view um I guess Pokémon in general. Yeah, I you know, something that people ask me a lot of the times, either ask me politely or in comments are like, Ugh, they will say, "Why don't you do a playthrough blind?" And not literally blindfolded, but like, don't look up what the trainers have. Don't look up uh, move sets, things like that. And I think that's a like I said, you know, there's no incorrect way to play Pokemon. So if that's what you want to do, good job. For me, I find the thing what I find most interesting about hardcore Nuzlocks and specifically the the sort of like ROM hacks and to an extent like the 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 typing locks and stuff that I do are themed ones is I like knowing what the challenge is and then trying to solve the challenge. I don't, I'm not super interested in let me just blindly go through the game and get uh, and like figure it out on the fly. I really like the problem solving, the planning, the um, theory crafting of everything and going, okay, I know what the challenge is. It's an incredibly difficult challenge. In spite of that, how do I solve it? So it's like, like to me, it's like, you know, I said this, I think yesterday on my stream is that like, it's like, I, I like made doing puzzles like jigsaw puzzles, mm-hmm. but I would never do a jigsaw puzzle without the picture in front of me. Right. Like I, you know, I find it interesting to say, this is what I, I need to do. Here are my pieces. Let me figure it out. And so I think with Pokemon challenges, uh, trash lock thing. And I think this also works uh, for Dreano's hacks is that it's not so much making things unfair or changing drastically changing it's a little bit more drastic i guess in in Triano's hacks but like it's not really changing the the problem that you're solving it's changing the um the pieces that you're using or like the tools that you have accessible to you so i, I think it's a little different than um s s i want to say shf shf's um hacks like the kaizo ones like emerald kaizo oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. i think that game when i played it it was really fun but a lot of that seems aggressively unfair sometimes, or that like it's it's not yeah. perfect for nuzlocking because 
you kind of need specific encounters to even allow yourself to get through things or like something sometimes just has focus band or um, quick claw with explosion and stuff. So it's like a lot of that stuff is a little um, more. No, it's not luck based because you can always play around it. But like I am much more interested in things that are concrete and tangible and I can come up with a way to surefire guarantee how to avoid that problem no matter how hard it is, if that makes sense. I, I, yeah, that makes perfect sense. You, you like the, the planning phase is a big thing for you. Like you have, you have all the information in front of you. You can look at odds and probabilities and everything. And mm-hmm. you know, your, what was your degree in again? Uh, Biomedical engineering. I, oh my God. <laughs> That's quite the degree to have. <laughs> not, not that complicated. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I just hear biomedical and I'm like, my brain goes blank. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's, yeah, you know, it, I definitely understand. I, you know, there's the appeal of the blind. There's the appeal of the, I, I kind of like both concepts a bit personally. Yeah. Um, I slowly fell out of liking um, blind playthroughs a little bit. Cause I was like, eh, I'll try storm silver a few times blind. No shot. You can't play that game through blind. If you're doing a hardcore Nuzlocke, just, I don't know what I was <laughs> thinking. Like I, you just, cause the way like Dreano makes them fair, I think it's like if you yeah. actually, you know, put your head to the to the table, like it's you can take care of it. But if you're just winging it, like you can maybe get through it. It's like I've had some runs. It's like where I'm like half doing a little bit of both. It's like I can kind of wing it. But I there there is like enough of a curve there where it's like you just have to there you have to plan. There's no getting around. Mm-hmm. But then Kaizo. I like uh, P. Chow's video today came out for his Kaizo wipes and just seeing some of the stuff now that like I watched some of the streams when that was going on when I had less of an understanding of Pokemon, I think. And now I have a supremely better understanding from how much I've played, I think, and how much I've had to look up for some of the challenges that I want to do or like uh, have attempted. Um and it's like I see what Kaizo is, and I'm like, that's ridiculous. Like it's like complete. It's like end game kind of like hardcore nuzlocking. And realistically, it's like, why would you ever want to go to this end game of it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's not for me. Um, yeah. But you know, I think a, a lot of people like it, and it's really from what I've seen of it, and from the the little that I played of it. It's a very well designed game um, for what it is. So, like, all all credit to to SHF for uh, it's it's a really cool game. It's just not yeah. not exactly what I want to do with Nuzlocking. Yeah, it's it's personal preference, like you said. Just yeah, completely up to the player. If you don't like it, you can play another game. If you don't like the format, you can adjust it to your person like to how you want to do it. There's you know there's nothing keeping you in the bounds of one thing or the other. <laughs> Except for the code, yeah. unless you want to change the code, because technically you can if you really feel like it. Um, but it, yeah, it Pokemon games are crazy. Uh, but I don't want to keep you too long. But it was very nice to have just, you know, very open conversation. It kind of just flowed, I think, pretty easily. And I, you know, I feel like I got a lot of just good. I, I like talking to people who um, are very passionate about what they do and you're 
obviously very you like what you do it's i it feels like it comes very naturally to you to, you to um kind of make your content which is it's like i it's something i wish i could have the same kind of mind mindset of but i get into these ruts of like just i feel like life just causes that kind of problem as well but it's like <laughs> yeah. prioritizing and everything uh but you kind of just work at it and it's you can get to that point at some point yeah i mean Thanks. I, I really appreciate all the kind words and thanks for giving me the opportunity to just babble on camera. I hope I didn't say anything stupid, but I'm sure no. I'll, I'll hear about it. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what subreddit would be posted on, but just like angry typing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I, so I don't know how I end these. I'll just do the cut there. So <laughs> That'll be All that'll right. be worth it. I wait. No, no, no. Uh, do you want to? You can shout out your social media or anything you want to shout out. Yeah, yeah. Follow me on Twitter at FlygonHG. I don't have enough Twitter followers, and I like when people like my tweets. It's the purest form of dopamine. So I would appreciate that. But check out my videos at FlygonHG on YouTube. They're um, sometimes they're good. And then follow him on Thanks Twitch. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, of What's course. That? I said follow you on Twitch. Oh, yeah, yeah. Follow me on Twitch. Also flag on HG. It's pretty consistent across all platforms. Follow me on TikTok. Do you have a TikTok? I do have a TikTok, but I've made like four of them. It's been a while. I don't really understand it. So I, I, I don't I don't I don't use it much. I don't really understand TikTok. Yeah, uh, TikTok is a platform of that's a hellscape of even weirder algorithms. They're all hellscapes. Yeah, They're I mean, uh, this uh, this world is a hellscape. If we really add me on get Snapchat, down, add me on Snapchat. Yeah, get my private story. Yeah, but it's but it's tax exempt. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, thanks for talking with me. Yeah, thanks for having me, man.